Welcome to the Monday Morning Pastor Podcast. This is Doug Moister and my co-host, the ever-talented, never-aging <laughs> Bob Hyatt. Never aging. Oh, I wish they could see the reality of, <laughs> of this white beard and this bald head and how it actually probably makes me look 10 years older than I am. But thank you, Doug. I would say younger. I appreciate that. I would really? say, yeah, I feel like every time I see you, you must have found the fountain of youth out there in Idaho. Um, oh, man. I well, I think you're just flattering me, but I like it. Yeah. So keep doing it. I'll, I'll yeah. do my best. Yeah. So yeah, so Bob, we've we've got some pretty uh, we've got some pretty great things, you know, coming up with the holidays. You know, we're we're just about to hit a big one um, tomorrow, which would be um, Reformation Day. Uh, some people consider oh, nice. it Halloween, but yeah, I mean, Reformation Day is a pretty good day. Well, and Reformation Day is technically uh, the first November first. Are you kidding? It's, it's been I've been lied to all these years. Oh wait, wait, maybe I'm not. No, that's All Saints Day. So yes, no, yes. no, you are correct. Oh, Reformation Day is the thirty first. <laughs> okay. Yes. Wait, let's and check with our all... people. Yep, I'm getting a thumbs uh, up. Our researchers are look, telling me I'm correct on this. Yes, look at me being dumb. Yes, <laughs> Reformation Day, October thirty first. That's when Martin Luther nailed the ninety five theses. It's All Saints Day. That is, that is the first. The and next. Yes. Day. Yes. So yeah, All Hallows Eve. Yes. Yeah. I'll, and I'll be celebrating uh, Reformation Day probably by having a pint of some kind of delicious beer and I don't some know German yeah German yep. vintage yeah, yeah probably yeah, like nice. probably some kind of Oktoberfest like a a good Marzen I feel like is the proper way to celebrate that and then maybe I'll maybe I'll brew some beer too I'm not sure like what I I just I, I'm always curious with how to properly uh, celebrate Reformation Day. Because it, it yeah. feels like a good thing and a bad thing all at the same time. I'm just going to uh, write to a bunch of people and tell them what I think is wrong with their church. That's what <laughs> Do you, you find 95 <laughs> churches or just 95 things in one church? <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. It's not that hard to find both, to find 95 churches that I got a bone to pick with and 95 things about which... I, I would like to pick that bone. Yes, yeah. yes. But no, that's that's not accurate. I, I'm that's not what I'm gonna do. No. So well, that's good. Um. So yeah, today I I have a chance to sit down with a guy that I've had a chance to pastor with for the last uh, since 2017, 2018, I think, or 17, one of those years. But anyways, my co-pastor Ben Pitson, and both you and I have had the great opportunities to work with some phenomenal people. Um, yeah. In our years of ministry, so I. Love to just hear like, what's your favorite staff memory of working with someone in, we'll just say Portland, because, you know, Evergreen sounds like that's probably the closest church. So do you have a memory that just comes to mind where you thought, man, I, I just love working with this particular person or persons? Yeah, I do. You know, uh, my co-pastor in, in Portland, Dustin, has become just a like a. I I whenever I refer to him on Facebook, I I like to occasionally call him my heterosexual life partner, or my 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 former manservant, Dustin, or you know my previous intern, uh, my my dog's body and boy Friday, Dustin. You know, I whatever I can do, um. To reference him, I like to do that, but but seriously, we it's like we still text every day, mm. 
Like we start our days off by sharing our Wordle and Waffle and Connections, these three games, scores with each other for the day. And then we're just constantly pinging each other all day long. But um, I think... I think probably my favorite memory of working with Dustin was uh, my son at one point ordered himself from Amazon a flashlight that was also a taser. <laughs> and, um, and, and this is, this is like, I, I just love the, he had to be, I think at that point, like 14 or 15. And I, I just love the guilelessness of it, of like, it comes and he goes, Hey, look what I got. <laughs> <laughs> he was so excited. And we're like, that is really cool. You cannot have that. <laughs> that is now, that's dad's now. <laughs> but what I did was I, I took it to our church office and every once in a while, I just sneak up behind Dustin and go really loudly <laughs> and just scare the pants off him. And, Occasionally chase him around the office with it. I remember that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And we had quite a bit of that kind of fun. That's great. You know? And how long has Dustin been in counseling since he's... <laughs> we'll have to have, have we him should on. Have Dustin. It, We'd like to hear your side the of damage. Oh we, we were doing an elder uh, meeting one time in my in my like our garage we we didn't use it for cars we had like some couches and stuff out there it was kind of just a informal space and uh, i had a punching bag set up and so the elders all came in and we all sat down around and at one point i kind of just leaned over and like just gave a little nudge to the punching bag so it would turn around and on the other side i had uh, cut out a picture of dustin's face and <laughs> taped it to the punching bag and i never said anything i just like and when somebody saw it, they're like, are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> One person actually got offended on, on Dustin's behalf. He, he thought it was funny, I think. But, I think. Um, yeah, that was the kind of stuff we would do. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. I, a lot I of fun. I don't think Ben and I have ever chased each other with tasers. Maybe that's something we should, we should consider adopting. But I'll tell you what. There's been multiple times in my life where I've thought, I need a flashlight. And in the same breath, I need a taser. So yeah, that's great that Amazon has figured out a you way to get bring those. that same yeah. that same very combination to the world. I mean, did that person win a Nobel Peace Prize or something? I feel <laughs> like that's really, really, really helpful. I loved it so much. I got one for my wife and uh, it was pink. Um, and actually, I, we are going far afield now, but uh, she was driving up to Canada one time to a women's retreat. And she had that and they confiscated it from her at the border. Like no, Canadians no. don't like laser or uh flashlight taser combos, you know? Yeah. It's know. probably banned up there. I mean, it would make sense. It would I make can understand sense. like they check for guns and things, but yeah. man, you know, this is, it's not even the kind of taser that's going to knock you out. It's the kind that's going to scare you. Did, did you ever like, shock yourself with it? I did not, but. Jack apparently shocked himself numerous <laughs> times and he said, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. That sounds about right. 14 year old. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. Oh my God. Hey, let's try this. Yeah. Mm. I wonder how this would yeah. go. <laughs> Yet another reason why uh, women live longer than men. Yes. Boy, this is, this is a very true statement. Yeah. I've, I'll tell you what, there's something, there's something that is so, I'm just grateful for, um, you know, I've worked with Ben now for quite a few years and, uh, I just, 
I don't think I've worked with a guy who is such a gifted pastor when it comes to just caring well it, for people. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the, uh, it's funny because I think when when they hired me at Renew a bunch of years ago, it was like, wow, Doug, you're like a super great pastor. You really care for people well. Like Ben runs circles around me, like in my, in my peak, mm. I'm like the, the old grizzled vet at this point in time in so many ways. Um, but I've just, it's been so cool to just work with a guy that just has so much like patience oh, and yeah. character and love and is able to just walk faithfully with folks. Um, and also fun fact, completely different topic, but I actually roomed with Dustin, uh, when we oh, yeah. were, when we were at the, uh, the church planners boot camp. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Her, I mean, I feel like we should have him on at some point in time. Like, I, he was a comedian in we New should. York, and like all kinds of just yeah. wonderful things. Wonderful things. Yeah, the thing, the thing I loved about Dustin was is that he's the best red guy I've ever met, but he doesn't carry himself that way. Mm. Like, he's not, he's not a know it all at all. But it, if you ask him about this author or that author or, or this argument or that argument, he's got something. Yeah. And so I, I kind of began throughout our pastoral time together, began to outsource my brain to him. Like uh, people would ask me something, I go, well, let me get back to you on that. And I go, I just asked Dustin, hey, Dustin, now what, what's the deal with Bart Ehrman again? And he'd give me the rundown of why, you know, this is, or, or is this guy okay? Or is that guy, what, what, what do you think? And he'd tell me and I'd be like, cool, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for telling me what I think. <laughs> And I just trusted him because I knew where he was at and I knew that, uh, I could probably trust his research and his yeah. reading. So, yeah. so such a valuable, um, such a valuable, uh, a, a compliment yeah. to my intellectual, uh, laziness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a pastor. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's interesting because I know you and I have both heard a lot of horror stories of co-pastors not getting along or just feeling yeah. like there's a, this, there's this power jockeying and, you know, all these yeah. other things. And I'm just so grateful that that has not been my experience for the last, you know, 12, 13 years of ministry, like working with, and I, I mean, I've worked with some amazing pastors over the 20 years. Like I think back to, I worked with a guy named Jared Blankenship and he was one of the smartest guys I've ever known, like just super cool, mm. loved, loved students was just such a joy to work with a guy named Scott Pittman. Um, we had, we, we both, we did the co-youth pastor thing together and then to work with J.R. Briggs and, uh, work with Tracy Commons a bit. And, you know, now with Ben, it's like, I've just, I'm glad that my story, although there were some really rough first few years in ministry, the majority, the, the, the overarching theme has been, I've worked with some great people. Um, and yeah. I'm just super, super glad for that. Yeah, I would much rather work uh, with good people in a struggling ministry than with people that I'm not going to necessarily get close to or become lifelong friends with in a very successful one. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's just something so valuable about having true ministry partners and, and really developing that wherever you are. Yeah. 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 Well, we hope that y'all enjoy this conversation with the pastor that I appreciate the most during Pastor Appreciation Month. Ben, 
it's really fun to actually think that I get a chance to interview you because I get to spend all of my working days with you as pastors of Renew. So welcome to the show, man. I know you're a longtime listener and a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, thanks, for, thanks for inviting me on. It is a yeah, different sort of conversation, but happy to join you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just for folks to know, Ben and I have worked together for quite a few years. I think you guys moved into the area. What was it? 2012? uh 2013 so 2013 so we've been we've been hanging out and getting into trouble for 10 years now which is like that's a long that's a milestone i feel like that is a milestone it is almost like to the date actually i feel like we met right around this time 10 years ago yeah i was just realizing that this week people were asking me like when did you start at renew and i was like actually it's probably been like 10 years right right (laughs) around this time um i think yeah, we get the women's retreat is coming up. I think it was a women's retreat weekend that we first, well, we've been to a couple of gatherings and that was our first house church visit. Yeah. Yeah. So now interesting, you know, you came here, I'll, I'll let you kind of share the story, but tell us a bit about your journey into ministry and, and why you decided to become a pastor in the first place. Yeah. Um, I uh, grew up on a dairy farm in Iowa, was always involved in the church. Uh, I, I I think I've told a lot of people that I feel like my mom was the best pastor I ever had, um, even though she's not officially a pastor, but she was just yeah very intentional with uh, our faith formation growing up. Um, so uh, yeah, even youth group in high school, I feel like had folks kind of speaking into my life of like that. God might be calling me to ministry. And I think I was always kind of like, um, yeah, that's interesting, maybe. But kind of like, also, I don't, I don't think that's really what I want to do. Um, but I ended up, yeah, kind of, I went to a Christian college. And actually, I feel like around that time, I was like, yeah, actually, maybe that is something um, that I'd be interested in, in pursuing. Uh, my college experience was great. Um, I think really expanded my view of the gospel and and its implications, not just for uh, life after death, but for uh, what God wants to do on the earth um, through the church. And um, so that kind of shaped, like, if that's the case, then ministry can be lots of different things and doesn't necessarily have to be being a pastor. And so uh, at the end of college, I did a program called Mission Year which um, landed me in, in on the west side of Chicago, inner city neighborhoods, um, just trying to uh, living with a team of people and learning what it means to love God and love our neighbors in some really tough underserved neighborhoods, but also seeing a lot of, a lot of ways in which life was kind of bubbling forth in those spaces um, through people of faith um, who were committed to their communities. Um, Ended up staying in Chicago for seven years, met my wonderful wife there, uh, but kind of toward the end of that, even throughout that time, I guess I had people kind of being like, yeah, you ever like thought about being a pastor? And I'd always be like, yeah, I've thought about it. And I don't want to do that. Um, but there, I think there was always kind of this interest, but also like, I don't, I don't know if that's the right fit for me. Um, but Toward the our last two years in Chicago, I really sensed like God was calling me to to go to seminary and to pers- just I think really 
an invitation to discern whether or not that was a call. And that's what prompted us to move out of Chicago to Pennsylvania. And um, by God's providence, we ended up at Renew. Um, and yeah, I, what was cool is like the one after one of the gatherings, you invited us out to lunch and I told you I was going to seminary. And I think like later that week, you extended a call to me be like, Hey, I'm, I'm working on teaching prep. Do you want to come join me? And I was like, this guy barely knows me. <laughs> He's going to invite my heresy into his church already. I, I was so desperate at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I think what was cool is like, even through that, um, even through seminary, I was kind of like, I don't know if that's it, but I ended up interning with Renew for two years, um, kind of snuck in through the side door into the rap program, I guess. Um, but through that time, I, I really had people within Renew kind of affirming that call and your mentorship and yeah. And it just, it, it yeah. So like at the end of it, it's like, yeah, there is a call to pastoral ministry, but then the thought of leaving Renew was like, I, I, at that time, my family needed to be at Renew. Um, and so like, okay, house church shepherd is a way that I can kind of be pastor uh, in, a, in a small way and I can work outside of the church. But lo and behold, um, there was a call extended to me to come on staff as pastor at Renew and um, continue to learn and grow what that means um, <laughs> every week, I feel like. So, uh, but it's it's been cool just to see how God has directed those steps and um, affirmed that call in different ways throughout my life. I love hearing that story, um, not just because I got to I got a chance to to be part of that and to see, yeah, just a, a call unfolding. But I'll never forget like there were some people that that were sort of meeting with you on a monthly basis, and I remember you having a meeting with them, and they were kind of helping you just the discernment process and. Uh, two ladies came out, one who's one of our elders and another one who just is a, a faithful server. And they're like, that guy needs to be on staff. I don't care what happens, but we got to hire that guy as a pastor. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I hear you. Yeah. And I think what's, what's so cool about that, Ben, is like, I've just always loved, you just seem to embody this openness to the Lord that is just, yeah, really beautiful. But one of the things that I also appreciate about you is, is you have a very incredible mind. Um, the way you think theologically, the way you think about scripture and the way scripture comes alive to you has always been such a deep encouragement to me. And one of the questions that we talk about a lot um, on staff together is just like, how, how are people being formed? So yeah, I, I think maybe instead of talking about the rhythm of Renew, how, how do you sense people are, are, are formed into, into the image of Christ um, by some of the rhythms that we embody at Renew with like a house church structure and, and our gathering structures? Yeah, it's it's. I just came from a conversation with somebody um, talking about like, yeah, we've we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? And I think where we've kind of landed is, I think the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to form us in Christ likeness, and that that happens in lots of different ways. And uh, I think, yeah, renews renews rhythm. Um, there's a there's a a high priority on relationships and it's, it's hard to hide and renew. Um, it's hard to just kind of show up and, and 
um, be a, a wallflower, like kind of invited into participation, invited into being known. And um, I think that's, yeah, that's certainly been formative for me. Um, as a highly introverted person, like I would, I would really like to be the wallflower <laughs> um, a lot of times, but um, it's, yeah, I think the primary vehicle of formation is through relationships. And that's something I, I think kind of been aware of, but even recently just being reaffirmed in that, how we interact with one another and how we kind of rub off on each other too. Um, I'm so thankful for the ways that I get to see people in Renew loving Jesus in ways that are different than me. And I'm like, I hope that's kind of rubbing off on me. Mm. Um, and, and I hope the things that, you know, the ways that I'm doing well in following Jesus are rubbing off on, on the people around me too. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you're right. There is something about that of, um, just the deep work of the spirit in terms of helping us be formed in Christ likeness and how that really happens in community in such powerful ways. And I, you know, I, I'm going to put you on the spot sort of, but can you think of a particular story um, of a person from our community that has just helped you be formed more into the image of Christ? Yeah. I think of like Denise, Denise Hall, like just her outgoing personality, her, willingness to engage with anybody just challenges me. Um, and I feel like actually just yesterday I, I had a, maybe a bit of a Denise moment where like, I saw somebody that I recognized in a somewhere and like, usually I'd be like, Oh, like if they see me and they come over and talk to me, they're not oh, good. I was like, no, I want to go say hi to them. Um, but yeah, like that, her outgoing and just openness to, to whatever the day may bring. Um, I think I've been shaped deeply by by Tim and Cindy, like just their posture of worship and their openness in expressing like I'm a hands in my pocket um, type of guy. And yeah, kind of even keel. And but I'm learning like uh, I can actually express more of my emotions uh, to God and open up my heart a bit more to God through that. Um, yeah, I feel like. I hang out with, with, uh, with John, with big John. And like, I just see like this heart of compassion and this, like, I want to serve the people around me. It helps me see people a little bit differently. Um, the way I think that Jesus sees them. Yeah. And I, I, I'm so glad that you actually paused for a moment because I could see the wheels turning and, and I'm trying to like, I actually pushed the question back on myself and I'm like, I don't even know if I could answer that question. I was like, that's kind of mean to ask like right off the bat on a, uh, on an interview. But, but I think you, I think, you know, the heart behind that is, you know, as pastors, we are formed so deeply by the people we serve and by the people we serve alongside. And it's almost like there are those moments when the lines are really blurred and it's like, am I serving them or are they serving me? Like how, like, where does this end and, and where does this begin? And, um, and I appreciate just, yeah, the name drops and, and just the ways in which those folks have, have shaped you. And I mean, they've shaped me deeply as well. Um, 
Yeah, but it also, you know, one of the things that's cool, and I appreciate you said you're even keeled. And and if you talk to anyone from Renew who's been there for some time, they'll mention a, a particular event uh, that took place during a, a preaching. Um, and and I think it should actually make it in like Christianity Today at some point or something like that. But yeah, I'd love to hear you just, I'd love to. So from, from our side of the story, we saw even keeled Ben um, get loud and then do a cartwheel. Uh, and so it was probably the most shocking thing, uh, ever. So I just want to like, for the record, like what, what transpired in your heart and mind in that moment? And like, for those of us that may not be able to do cartwheels, what might be some other things that we could do to, to experience that kind of excitement in preaching? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I was, I was actually just reflecting on that. I don't know if it was this yesterday, <laughs> like, but I, I feel like that was a moment actually that and I, I remember reflecting afterward shortly after that like my you know the, the story of the Grinch his his heart grew three sizes that day and, and I remember reflecting over like the joy center of my brain grew three sizes that day. But that has like um it's it's triggered a kind of an ongoing growth in in what what joy is and what it means to practice joy um but yeah in that i one of the things one of the things that has shaped me deeply is i think renew is a is a community that's trying to that is practicing joy and and one of the most tangible um expressions of that is our baptism celebrations and um yeah from the moment our first baptism was like no polite golf claps allowed. If, if, um, you know, sinner repents, Jesus tells us that there is rejoicing in heaven, that angels are doing backflips. And, and so to see that type of expression of joy at baptism, um, that shaped me, but then we were in this Advent series and, and you, you did the Sunday before, and you were reading the story of the angels appearing to the shepherds and we're, we're sitting in the gallery reading that story. And I'm like, man, if, if the angels are rejoicing and doing backflips over a sinner who repents, like what does this scene look like when they appear to the shepherds that, that God has become incarnate, which has set this whole thing in motion. I'm sorry. Like, this is a, this isn't just like every time I've read that story, Oh, the angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord. <laughs> Uh, do not be afraid, guys. Like, and I, it just like something switched. And like, no, this story is like, this is loud. It's crazy. The angels are like, just going nuts. And I was like, that's as I was preparing to teach for the Sunday focused on joy. I was like, that's the picture that I hope we have of what heaven's like. The joy is the atmosphere of heaven, and so. Um, joy ought to be the atmosphere of the church. And um, I continue to learn of still growing in that, but like joy ought to be the atmosphere of my heart too. And, and even like learning a deeper understanding of joy now, like it's not just this loud expression of happiness, but it's also like joy is present even in the, in the hard things because joy is a relational experience of just being in the presence of someone who's who's glad to be with me, um, and so like yeah, compassion is a deeply joyful word. That somebody's willing to be there with me even in my suffering, um, is still glad to be with me. And so I, 
yeah, for a long time, I would actually, when I find myself getting grumpy, I would actually do a cartwheel to remind myself mm-hmm. God's with me. Um, things aren't as bad as I think they are right now. Mm-hmm. I haven't done one for a while because I've, I've had some shoulder issues. <laughs> older. Um, but I think, I think I could still do one. That's good. We'll give it I, a- I, I mean, you're still throwing elbows in basketball, right? <laughs> so we can, we can keep that. And that's the other legendary Ben move is like Ben plays basketball with a couple guys from our church. And one of the guys uh, named Caleb uh, has, I, you gave him a black eye, right? Is that, is that true? I did. <laughs> it was a, I don't know if it was an inadvertent elbow or finger, but the way he tells the story, I, I hauled off and decked him, but <laughs> it was over a foul call, right? Just like, what? It was, it was not intentional. No. And uh, Caleb has forgiven you. And, and I, I don't know if we're actually allowed to talk about this incident on, on, on the air, but well, we did anyways, you know, you mentioned compassion. And one of the things that I've, I just, I've, I've noticed about you over the years and I just appreciate uh, is you have such wisdom, care, uh, and attention to pastoral care. Um, and, and in my opinion, you're the best that I've ever seen. Like I've, I've been around a lot of pastors in my life, but you, you, there's just like, there's an extra gear that God gave you. Um, and, and I know you've, you've learned a ton and, and, you know, you, you've kind of just, you, this is something that it just seems to come really incredibly to you. And I know you put a lot of work on into it as well, but what are some things that you've learned along the way? when it comes to journeying with people when they're in hard seasons? Yeah. Well, thanks for those very kind words. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I learned a lot from you. I mean, honestly, uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm doing an interview with you. Um, Yeah. I think the way that you open up space for people uh, has really helped me see a lot and and you've used this phrase a lot recently of just like listening people into existence um and i i've seen that and i think i think compassion requires a lot of patience too um and that's Mm -hmm. something that i've had to learn um i want to be a fixer like i want want things to resolve especially tension or conflict i want those things to get better quickly um but I think I've learned to be a bit more patient um, with that. I think hearing hearing people's stories really um, helps uh, with compassion because usually there's a lot going on under the surface of what is actually right before you. Um, and so, yeah, hearing some of those stories just and hearing any one particular story, I think helps me have this perspective when I see people um, who may be acting be easy to judge someone like, well, there's probably something going on behind that. Um, but also the, the, the time to reflect on like, oh yeah, like I do that sometimes too. <laughs> like I act that way sometimes too. Um, and it's because of, you know, hurt or other stuff or trauma. Um, that's gone on in my own life. But um yeah, I think one of the I was actually I had this experience yesterday too. 
And it just reminded me of the, I think one of the deep, I don't know if rewards is the right word, but it, I, I think it's like the sacred space mm. of sitting with people who are struggling. And I, I know there, I, I can think of two very tangible um, times where this has happened, but I know it's happened other times too. And and come into the conversation and just like their heads down, um, like just kind of broken and hurting, depressed, like whatever that may be, and just the heads down. Um, but just being able to notice, like through the course of the conversation, you know, an hour later, like their posture has changed and they're able to look up and see see me and I can actually see them and it's it's just this yeah I can't describe it as anything other than just a sacred space of seeing like God at work um just through being present with somebody and I think somebody willing to listen somebody willing to hear them um and maybe even you know try to find something to laugh about um even if it's the stupidest thing um but yeah. Uh, and I think that's that joy space. So like, wait a second, somebody's willing to be with me, um, even in the midst of me feeling like a worm. Um, mm. And to notice that posture change is, is just really special. And I think that's kind of what encourages me uh, to keep going in the process. Yeah, I, I love that encouragement. And I'm, I, I feel like I, that hearing you say that i'm i'm thinking the same thing like yeah you're right there is it, it's amazing when you see that noticeable difference and it's not huge right like it's a subtle change it's not this like yeah you know they walked in sad and they left out super happy but yeah it's like maybe that's that picture of what hope you know the hope of jesus looking like in in some of the darkest spaces and you know ben i know you've you've been in 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 some pretty dark spaces with people um, especially over the pandemic and, and just, you know, loving people well in that, but like, what, what would you say have been some of the harder pastoral experiences that you've, you've been through in your 10 years of being in ministry? Yeah, I think, um, I think some of the hardest spaces to navigate is is when it's a relationship um, and you know, you're, <laughs> you're kind of trying to help two people heal and there's hurt between them. Um, and, and just the wisdom, like what is, what does relationship look like both in this season um, and, and also moving forward. Uh, and it, yeah. Like not to, <laughs> I remember seminary classes talking about like not getting triangulated into stuff and it, but it's like, yeah, I don't want to like how, yeah, just navigating that space is it, the, the waters are not clear. Um, the waters are very muddy um, and it, it takes a lot of patience and they're, you know, yeah, encouraging people to, to have the conversations, um, have the tough conversations, to be honest about how they're feeling and why. Um, but yeah, and I think, yeah, we, we, we lost, uh, somebody 
early on in the, in the pandemic. It wasn't because of it wasn't directly related to COVID, um, but that was that was definitely. But because of the isolation and and the the mental health struggles as well as physical health struggles that this person was going through, just made it tough for him. And um, it was I it was just so hard to see, um, like man, if we weren't in the midst of a pandemic, would this be happening? Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember like we, I think we had conversations early on. I remember conversations with other people just like, yeah, what does this look like? You know, we want to be mindful of, of trying to protect one another. And this was like super early before we knew much mm-hmm. about this um, too. And just remembering like, yeah, there, there's going to be times where we're going to have to enter into some tricky spaces and there are going to have to be some risks taken. And I'm not like <laughs> not patting myself on the back in any way. Like I didn't feel like this was some great risk that I was putting myself out there, but just to see the, yeah, this desperate, like desperate hopelessness um, that he was going through at that time was just, a, a tough space and and it's like i didn't i didn't know what to do other than show up yeah um yeah and so <laughs> i showed up um and i know that was you know, he was able to express to me like that was important to him and so great like renew is really a, a quite an amazing community because i know i wasn't the only one who showed up yeah in different ways too so that's what i think <clears throat> What I'm really grateful for is when pastoral ministry seems to get really, really difficult is we, we really, we, yeah, we really do have a, a community that I think gets compassion. Uh, people who are willing yeah. to, to reach out to people who are hurting. It's uh yeah. Sometimes I think, Oh, like I might be alone in this. And then I'm like, and then I hear a story. I'm like, Oh no, other people are, are reaching out to Yeah. So I'm really yeah. grateful for that. Yeah, it, it's almost like the the ways in which, I mean, I, I remember that. I remember just the phone call from you after just that that whole thing transpired, and just thinking, you know, there's there's this level of like, there are certain people that that run into the hard stuff, and other people that shy away from it, and just just noticing the courage that you had in that moment and even just the way in which, which probably doesn't seem like courage. And I love how just nonchalantly it's like, yeah, all I knew what to do is to show up. But I think that that, I think even in that, it really encourages pastors to recognize that like sometimes showing up is, is, is legitimately 80% of the work. And, and if we believe that the spirit of God is at work in our lives and is calling us and moving us into helpful, you know, into the places where we need to be, then then maybe we could show up and the Holy Spirit can take over and be present with us, which is just, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. And I don't know, Ben, I just, I do feel like there's, there's sort of this, there's just this, this rhythm and this way of doing life and pastoral ministry that, that probably just seems a lot slower in the sense where I think you and I have both realized that like, we can't push people fast. Like we can't, we can't force growth. We can't force certain things. And and I think you really embody just that, that like that pastoral patience of, yeah, 
uh, of a dairy farmer, you know, <laughs> somebody, somebody that recognizes like there's stuff that has to be done every day and we do it faithfully. We keep going. Um, but yeah, so the other thing too, is like, I think even with that compassion, I know, uh, just in the last month or so you have led our staff through, um, some pretty significant work around, uh, brain science and, uh, has said and character formation. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Cause I, it's, it's changed our staff. I mean, we're like a different people now after a month after, you know, you leading us through, uh, some of these practices and stuff, but tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, like this past January, February was a, a pretty, uh, tough season for me. Um, yeah, lots of different factors playing into that, but I, I was, I'd say probably just in kind of a, a pretty deep rut, um, would maybe be the best way to describe it. Um, and I was, you know, I, your your pastoral care pastoral care for me in that season was really helpful um also starting spiritual direction was really ha- helpful uh and then another thing that happened was i signed up for a, a cohort led by um some friends of renew um jeff and sid holsclaw and attaching to god and that just was really transformational it was stuff that um i had kind of been introduced to a while back and and was intrigued by but um just the way that they led that um and encountering god in a just in a new way of um that like secure attachment um is is really this space of health um i, I feel like that's the abundant life that jesus is talking about is is really connected to a secure attachment and that God is the ultimate secure attachment figure. Um, And so through that cohort, just learning more about what that looks like, learning about how essential joy is um, for building that attachment. And um, so that, that was really, yeah, really important for me in in getting out of that rut and seeing healing taking place uh, in some different spaces. And so I just was really excited and, um, continued to um, kind of look into that. And so one of the books that kept coming up um, it was interesting. I had heard about this book, The Other Half of Church, um, Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks, and um, was like, oh, yeah, I should check that out sometime. And then uh, after one of the teachings this summer, uh, somebody from Renew texted me. <laughs> it was like, um, my neighbor just gave me this book and it was a picture of the other half of church. And, um, apparently what I was talking about, well, I was talking, I was utilizing some of the stuff from the cohort. Um, and so there's relation there. And so I got this picture. I was like, Oh, that's really, I would love to hear like when you read about that, I would love to, you know, hear what you learned from that. And then something else happened. I was like, okay, I need to get this book. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, this was really, I was like, man, it just, yeah, a lot of language to lots of things that I was learning and, and experiences and just, yeah, really um, excited. So it's been fun for our staff team to to read through that. And um, some of those like stuff that I think Renew has done pretty well with, but giving a little bit more language and, and intentionality behind that. And, and, but also really important to like, yeah, are there some of those practices that um, either we've 
not been as intentional about doing recent recent years that we need to regain? And what are some new practices that we might want to develop um, for deepening the connection that we have with one another and ultimately uh, with God through through joy um, practice that helps us understand the fullness of God's has said um, deep committed attachment love that God has for us. Yeah, it's been really neat to to think about that. And I think you're right. It just it added a whole different layer of language. It's funny after you uh made us do uh all eight chapters in 3 weeks, which was like I thought was close to climbing Everest. Uh <laughs> but it was really helpful because I I ended up sharing it with a friend of mine um who uh who's a pastor and a friend of the show. Um Josh and and he read it. He's like he talked to me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, "Bro, this is like life changing stuff. Like this, he's like, he goes, all right, is it? Just, am I drinking the Kool Aid or like, am I just getting excited about something or is this like really worth getting excited about? And I was like, dude, it's changing. It's changing. Like it's changing our staff. And I think the way that we that we're seeing one another, the way that we're recognizing God form us and shape us. And so, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. And and I'm really grateful too for just the way in which it's it's not this like super how to, you know, do these 14 steps and everything's good, but it really kind of frames it in, in spiritual formation and life being the place where our lives are formed the most deeply. Um, yeah, I think last question and, and this, this should just be a fun one, but like what encouragement would you have for pastors today as they're sitting smack dab in the middle of pastor appreciation month? Um, yeah. How how would you want to encourage pastors? I think I would, (laughs) Lots of ways, like keep going. Um, mm. I would say, like, I think what what often encourages me is is when somebody points out something that I, I I'm not noticing of you know the slightest impact that I might have had um, in their life, and and I take it for granted um, that that those types of things matter. And so I would I would encourage pastors like the little things that you do matter um that that other people are noticing um so take courage in that um i would say take courage like it's not all about you too Hmm. um the spirit is at work in in lots of different ways and um jesus is resurrected so there's there's life ahead um yeah and and i would i would i would also offer the encouragement of like reach out to people who can who can pastor you um that that's made such a difference for me in this last year too when i was in that low place like i said you the the care that you gave to me in that season was really vital for me um and but also like from different avenues um that just just brought new life for me um i'd encourage pastors to do that as well yeah. Well, Ben, always fun. And the best part is I'll see you tomorrow, I think, or at least in the next two or three days. Yeah. <laughs> My last encouragement was do, do, a, do a cartwheel or fly a kite or um, something just for the pure joy of doing it. Amen. Thanks, brother. To the pastors, to the men and women without honor in their own hometowns, neighbors roll their eyes and friends walk away because the fit doesn't fit like it did, you aren't invisible. 
Your service isn't unseen or unappreciated. Those hospital visits mattered more than you'll know. Those meals, those words, that wisdom, that rebuke that didn't go over well, that sermon that didn't even land with you, that ball game of your kids that you didn't get to see. To an all too thankless job, but one so well done, we say, thank you, pastors. Thank you. You are lamps on stands for everyone in the house, and it's so much lighter with you here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Monday Morning Pastor Podcast. This podcast is produced by Joel Inbound at Audelin Productions. Uh, he is ready and available for any of your podcast, video, or creatively telling your story needs. Also, if you're looking to grow in your leadership, Kairos Partnerships offers several free resources to help you do that on a weekly basis. We encourage you to follow us at Kairos Partnerships on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our weekly newsletter that J.R. Briggs writes weekly called Five Things in Five Minutes. You can find the link in the show notes to subscribe. We highly recommend it. And lastly, if this podcast has added value to your ministry, we ask that you would leave us a review on whatever platform you are downloading us on. And we ask that you would share it with other pastors. We're really hoping to continue to create a community of pastors that care for one another. We'll see you next week.